Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Hey, give you an update on what's going on around here, uh, just so you have a little bit better idea. Uh, they're doing some work in the parking lot. I don't know if anybody had noticed that or not. Um, actually, Monday and Tuesday, the parking lot is going to be closed. The offices will be open. Uh, it's, it's the best thing that ever happened for the office. Nobody can get in, but we're still going to be here. So uh, uh, they're going to be finishing the paving Monday, and they will be striping the upper lot on Tuesday. And uh, so by next Sunday, you have an entire new upper lot. Hopefully the lights will also be in. Uh, at that point, the poles are on the ground anyway. Uh, the lower lot uh, is coming along, and they're looking to pave it the week after Thanksgiving. So uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll never have to shuttle uh, again for at least the, the near future as we continue to grow. So that's very exciting to see that. In the sanctuary, uh, things are coming along well. We hope to only be in the gym another week or two as we uh, look into the future. Uh, they are... Uh, uh, putting in the new sound system, uh, new lighting is going in right now in the sanctuary. And uh, so all of that is, is going on. Hopefully all that will be done in the next uh, week to two weeks or so. Uh, there's going to be new carpet that will be installed in the rotunda and the old uh, uh, choir wing starting tomorrow. And uh, so it's going to be hard to get around some, but uh, that'll start tomorrow. I know for some of you, that breaks your heart because you caused the stains on the carpet. And uh, we'll cut that piece out for you and you can take it, take it with you or something as you go. So a lot of very neat things uh, are going on around here. And uh, ask that you just continue to uh, be flexible uh, with us. Uh, we recently came back from uh, the Sticky Faith Conference at Fuller Seminary uh, out in Pasadena. And one of the things that we were uh, amazed with as we went through the conference was just how blessed we are at this church, uh, that this church is so flexible and so willing to do new things. And uh, so we just came away with a lot of gratitude from that. Speaking of gratitude, look over to the uh, Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. Uh, a while back, I was going into the grocery store, and uh, one of the checkout girls was there, one of the cashiers. She was talking to her mom and dad outside, and they had a car sitting there. And they said, and she looked probably 16 years old or so. I, I figured she just got her license. And her mom and dad said, look, we got you the car. And the girl looked all deflated and said, this isn't a sports car. And her mom and dad said, yeah, but, you know, we couldn't afford the car that you wanted, but we got you this, this car here, and it's a really good car. And she said, I can't deal with this right now. Just take it home and we'll talk about it later. I'm at work. And then she walked in. And I remember thinking as I was going in, there's a young lady that would walk the rest of her life if I had anything to do with it. You know, that, that was just there. But the question comes up, why are we so ungrateful? We're going to look at a story that Jesus tells of the healing of 10 lepers and when he heals these 10 lepers, nine of them aren't going to say thank you. 
And we're going to talk this morning about why are we so ungrateful. So look over to Luke 17, beginning with verse 11. And the first thing we see is this. Everybody needs help at one time or another. Everyone needs help at one time or another. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going to a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity upon us. And so Jesus is going to Jerusalem. This would be the last week of his life. He's on the way for the time where he's going to be uh, betrayed, crucified, rise again. He knows uh, all of those important things are about to happen. On his way there, he leaves his home region of Galilee. And they're on that area right between Galilee and Samaria. Now, I don't know how much you know about Samaritans and Jews in this day and age. They didn't get along very well. Samaritans were considered second class. They were considered half-breeds. What had happened is that during the uh, Babylonian exile, Babylon had brought in people from other countries, settled them in this area. They intermingled with several of the Jewish people who were there from the original tribes. And so you had this group of people who had intermarried. They weren't pure Jewish. And not only that, they were worshiping different gods as well as as the Lord God. And so they weren't considered uh, uh, people that were acceptable for a good Jew to be around. And so Jesus is right on that border between Samaria and Galilee. He's about to enter into a village. And when he does, he's encountered by 10 lepers. Now, leprosy was a very feared skin disease of that day and age, mainly because it was contagious and they didn't know what to do about it. And so because of that, it was really feared. You were always afraid you were going to catch this very dreaded skin disease. And Leviticus 13 talks a lot about some of the Old Testament laws concerning leprosy. You were supposed to wear old clothes so people could immediately identify you. You were supposed to stay away from other people because they might catch what you had. And you were supposed to yell out, unclean, unclean, if anybody came near you. And so most of these lepers ended up living in leper colonies because they'd been forced to leave their families, forced to leave their home. So Jesus is going to this village and there's 10 lepers, probably in one of these leper colonies. He's heard that Jesus was there and they come to him and they cry out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity upon us. Now for these lepers, there's nothing they could have done to have healed themselves. They didn't have the power to do it. The medical community of their day and age could have done nothing to have helped them. And so they're desperate. They've heard that Jesus can heal people. And so they're hoping against hope that this great prophet passing through their village will be able to do something to help them out. And so they call out, Jesus, master, have pity upon us. And just like these 10 lepers, there comes a time in our life when all of us realize we can't do everything on our own. Now, I know we live in the United States and we have this independent mindset of of self-reliance and everything, but you don't go very far in life until you realize I can't do everything on my own. I need some people to help me, to pull me up, to encourage me. There's just some things I don't do. I either don't have the talent, I don't have the understanding, uh, I don't have the time. There's some things we just can't do. At one time or another, everyone needs help. And so when someone helps you in areas uh, where you need that help, we need to be, first of all, be understanding. And second, we need to be grateful when people do that for us, uh, doing things we can't do for ourselves. Got a a good friend, a good friend of David Atcher's too, uh, Jeff Prosser, uh, who's the Baptist campus minister at Eastern Kentucky University. Uh, His brother-in-law needed a kidney transplant. 
and everybody in his family uh, took the test to see if they were compatible. No of his, none of his blood was able to be compatible, but Jeff, who wasn't blood, but was married to his sister, was compatible. And so Jeff actually gave his kidney to his brother-in-law. They're both doing very well at this time, but that's doing something for someone that they couldn't do for themselves. And so what we see is that when that happens, we need to be grateful. Sometimes, though, people do things for us that isn't something we couldn't do for ourselves, but they're just helping us out. They're encouraging us. They're coming along beside us. They're making things easier for us. And you see that happen uh, all the time, people doing things to just help your load, to make it a little easier for you. Uh, I know uh, when my kids lived at home, thanks for bringing that up again, uh, you know, mom and dad parked in the garage. So we didn't have to scrape our windows, but I was almost always gone before my kids. And when I get ready to leave, I would see their two cars sitting out there and there'd be ice on the cars. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to get out and I'm going to scrape their windows. It's not that they couldn't do it on their own. I was just codependent and had no, you know, no, no, I wanted to do something to help them out because I cared about them. Not that they couldn't have done it, just something I wanted to do to help out. There are people that will do that for you. Just as the other, you need to be grateful. Somebody's making your load in life a little bit easier because they care about you, and you need to be grateful for that. And sometimes people just do things for you that are gestures that we need to understand that are things that we need to be thankful for. Somebody holds the door for you or something like that, and you go through it, and so you just need to be grateful for a little thing like that. You know, every once in a while, I want to take Dawn out to a real nice place to go shopping so she can buy something really expensive. So yesterday we went to Walmart. And uh, if you've ever been to Walmart on a Saturday, it's a crazy kind of place. You know, everybody goes to Walmart on Saturday. Don't know why people don't go during the week. But, you know, uh, we were there on Saturday. We saw a spot right up front right before we got into it. A lady comes in and pulls in the spot across, but then pulls all the way through, and we can't get into that spot. So Dawn had already started turning, had to back up and go around, and she said, well, there's a spot right next to that one on the other side. I'll get it. So we go all the way around, come back, and right before we come in, another car pulls in, and they're getting ready to take the spot. And I'm going, all right, seriously, folks. And then the lady saw we were going to turn in there, and she stops, and she waves us in. And Dawn goes, no, 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 you go in. And so the lady goes and passes us up and waves and goes to the very end and parks. Now, that, that was nothing that changed my life dramatically, but it was a very nice gesture. Someday doing something you need to be grateful for. So there's times in life that everyone needs to be a little more aware and grateful. Some things we can't do for ourselves. Some things make our burdens easier. And some things are just nice gestures of care and concern. And we need to be grateful when those times happen in our life. That brings us to the second thing that we see. What happens is often after people do one of those thankful, grateful things for us, we're often not very reflective. We're not reflective about it, and so we don't show gratitude. Let's see what happens in our scripture passage. These 10 lepers have come to Jesus. They begged him to help them. And in verse 14, Jesus says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, why does he tell them to go show themselves to the priests? Because one of the requirements in Leviticus 13 was for you to be 
uh, officially pronounced clean of your leprosy and be allowed to enter into the community because you had a contagious disease, to be allowed to enter back in, you had to have a priest sign off on it and get the priest's blessing. So Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they do, all 10 of them are cleansed. So this unbelievable miracle takes place as they're on their way to the priest. And then keep reading down in verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. So one of the people who were a a, a Samaritan, one of the people who wasn't even supposed to fit in, one of the outcasts, sees what Jesus has done for him. He's overwhelmed with gratitude. He comes running back to Jesus before he ever gets there. We're told he's shouting and praising God. And then when he gets to Jesus, he falls down and grabs him around the legs, praising God for what has happened. And then look at what Jesus says in verse 17. And Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? So what does Jesus say? He asks a question that we still need to ask today. Weren't 10 people cleansed? Where are the other nine? Why are we so ungrateful? You know, sociologists tell us that uh, in the current uh, society in which we live, we have one of the most ungrateful societies of all time. Now, truth be told, you look back through history, every society's complained about a lack of gratitude. Benjamin Franklin used to complain about that all the time in, in colonial America. But we seem to live in a day and age when people are just very, very ungrateful. I have some uh, uh, tweets here I wanted to, to read you from last Christmas uh, that teenagers made uh, about their Christmas presents. My parents got me all kinds of presents but all I wanted was Justin Bieber tickets. I am so sad. My parents got me the guitar, but not the one I wanted. Are they really that stupid? I wanted an iPad. They bought me a Kindle. Seriously? I mean, I kind of understand that one. My dad just doesn't understand. He thought an iPhone was just like any other phone and bought me a track phone at Walmart. I'm giving him the silent treatment. And then the last one, there's several, but the last one I will read. How can people be this dumb? They don't know the difference between an iPhone 4S and an iPhone 5. And now I'm stuck with an iPhone 4. I know you think this is a princess problem that people only in the first world worry about. But I've never heard so bad my entire life. Okay. How can we be so ungrateful? Well, let's take a second and look at the nine lepers. Only one returned. So do you think the other nine were totally unappreciative? Hey, look, I've got an incurable skin disease. Now I'm healed. I'm, I'm not happy about it. No, I guarantee you every one of them was grateful for what had happened to them. They were all excited to show themselves to the priest, to get back to their families, to restart their lives again. So if that's the case, truly all 10 of them had to feel that way. How come only one returned to give thanks? 
And here's a few things that occurred to me as I was thinking about this. Maybe one reason was they were just too busy so they weren't reflective. They were too busy and they weren't reflective. What were they busy with? I've got to go to the priest and show myself to the priest. I want to get back to my family and and start those relationships up again. I've heard so bad to be with my family and friends. I want to get this life started. And so they're so busy trying to get back to the life they used to have that they're not reflective enough to go say thank you to the one that's healed them. And I think the exact same thing still happens to us today. It's not that we're, we're just totally hard-hearted, cruel people. I just think sometimes we're so busy, we're not reflective enough. We're just trying to get through the day. And things are hitting us 100 miles an hour, and we seldom take time to sit back and say, who are the people that eased my burden today? Where were just nice gestures that people gave to me today? We're just not reflective enough to truly be thankful for the things that people have done in our lives and not thankful enough for the things God God does in our life on a daily basis. So we're just too busy and we're not reflective. I think another thing that may have happened with them is that they were just self-absorbed. They were self-absorbed. All they were thinking about were themselves. They, they, they for, for no, no telling how long a period of time, have suffered with this skin disease. They've now been healed. They're so excited, but they can't get their minds off themselves. All they're thinking about is themselves, and this self-absorption keeps them from looking at the one that's truly cared for them. And I think, again, the same thing happens today. Sometimes all we think about is ourselves. We're not looking at other people. We're not looking at their sacrifice for us. We're just thinking about ourselves. And, and we go through that day missing opportunity, opportunity to be grateful. I think another thing that sometimes happens is we feel we deserve it. And maybe that was the case with these lepers. Hey, I w- this, I've been treated unfairly by life. I was given an incurable skin disease and it wasn't my fault and I'm forced to live in a leper colony and not come near my family and friends and it wasn't right and I deserve to be healed in the first place. And so maybe that was the case. And sometimes that's how we are. We have this victim mentality and we feel like we deserve things instead of being appreciative for the things that we have. Now, let me tell you about people in your life who think they deserve things. When people in your life stop being appreciative for what you do for them and start taking it for granted and expect it to happen, stop doing it. Because they, they, they are now doing it for, I no longer appreciate you or what you're doing. I just expect you to do something for me. And when that happens, uh, you're in a bad place with them. That's when you really are getting into that codependent phase uh, with someone when they start expecting it instead of being appreciative for it. And then finally, maybe the problem the lepers had was that all they could see were the bad things. They couldn't see the good things. They've been suffering so long with this incurable skin disease. And some people are just negative people. And all we can think of are the bad things anyway. Well, what bad could they have been thinking? Well... I want to go see my family, but I got to show myself to that dumb priest first. You know, I want to go home. Not only that, when I go home, my family and friends might be afraid to get near me because I used to have this skin disease and might not think I'm really cured. And how am I going to get a job? I mean, it was much easier when I was just a leper. Now I've got all these other problems that have come upon me or something. There are some people that can find negative in anything that happens in the world. Have you ever noticed that if somebody has 10 good things happen to them and one bad thing, the only thing they talk about is the one bad thing that happened to them? 
Have you ever had somebody call you at night and tell you the bad thing that went on today? Have you ever stopped them and said, well, what were some good things that happened? I know all you can think about is the bad thing, but some people just negative thinkers. So for a lot of reasons, sometimes we're just not able to show the kind of gratitude that we should. And that brings us to the last thing that we see. When we do show gratitude, though, gratitude will transform us. Gratitude will transform us. Look in our scripture down, if you will, to uh, verse 19. Verse 19. Then he said to him, this is the, the, the leper that's come to give thanks. Then Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, he's told him to rise because he's on the ground holding his legs, uh, praising God. He said, rise and go. Where's he supposed to go? He's supposed to go to the priest, go to his family, go start the new life. But then he says something interesting. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, think about this. There were 10 lepers. All 10 of them were healed. So what makes this guy's faith any different than theirs? How's he getting something they're not getting? All of them were healed. So what's so special about this guy? Your face made you well. He's not getting anything more than anybody else got, right? Or is he? Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Nine of the lepers received a physical healing. And that physical healing changed their lives. It caused them to be able to go back to family, friends, society, start jobs, everything all over again. They had a physical healing that made a difference. But the one leper, the Samaritan, had more than a physical healing. He also had a spiritual healing. And that spiritual healing transformed him for the rest of his life. Because now suddenly it's just not, I'm cured of my leprosy. I know who to thank for this. I know to praise God. I know that God hasn't forgotten me. I know that God is on my side. I know God loves me. I know God is there to help me. And his life is never going to be the same again because he remembered to praise God. When was the last time you really remembered to praise God? The last time you realized that God created you and without him, you wouldn't be here at all. Not only did he create you, but he sacrificed for you. He sent his one and only son to die on the cross that you might be forgiven of your sins. You're not here because you're good people. You're here because you're forgiven people because Jesus took your sins upon him. And not only that, afterwards, he's given us his Holy Spirit when we've come to him and his spirit indwells us. And then he gave us this church, this church family to love and to care for us. Anywhere you go throughout this world, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is your brother and your sister. And you're a part of a family now. He's given you his word, his holy word that will show you what is right and wrong and good and bad. And God will speak to you through it and teach you how to live. And when we will Look at all that God has done for us. And we're grateful for that. Then everything else in our life starts to fall into place. It transforms us when we learn to be grateful to God for what he has given and what he has done for us. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So then how do we show the life of gratitude that we're supposed to have? I think kind of just the opposite of the things that we just talked about. One thing that we need to do is we need to slow down and smell the roses a little bit. We need to be more reflective. 
Uh, one practice I got into several years ago is that when I go to bed at night, I kind of review my entire day. And sometimes I'm going, oh, my goodness. You know, it's all David Atcher's fault or something like that. You know, uh, you go through it and you review your day or something. My goodness. But that, that makes me more reflective. To go through the day and say, how did I live it? What were opportunities I missed? Where were things I needed to be thankful? People that did things for me. And you go through that day then and you just have a little reflection. You slow down a little bit and you think about your life, how it's being lived and what you're grateful for. And then one thing I do every morning, because I've reflected on that the night before. First thing I do in the morning when I do my devotional is, is I always write down everything I have that I was thankful for the night before. And so I write down everything I can think of I was thankful for. And then when I have a really bad day, and they do happen every once in a while, you know. Then when I have a really bad day, you know what I do? I go pull out my, my Bible study journal, and I go and I start reading all the thank pages. All those pages of everything I had to be grateful for. And pretty soon it gets overwhelming. Uh, you know, you go through there, and uh, after you read three or four days of things you were thankful for, and you think, well, I've got this one problem a day, I think I'll be okay. You know, uh, when you see what's doing. So that's one thing we need to do. A second thing I would encourage you to do is to be in the moment. To be in the moment. Often we are so busy and life is so stressful and hectic that we miss the moment and the moments where you're supposed to be living. You're not supposed to be living in the past. You're not supposed to be living in the future. You're supposed to be living right here and right now. But we're so stressed and busy and trying to get to the next thing that you miss the moment. And so you miss when people do kind gestures to you. You miss seeing someone that is is hurting or in need or needs an encouraging word because you're not thinking about anything. You're just trying to run from one place to the other. Be in the moment. Live today for what today is and don't always be looking for something else. Number three. Feel blessed and not entitled. Feel blessed and not entitled. It's easy to feel entitled, to feel like you deserve things. It's a much different thing to feel blessed for what you have and what God has given you. We need to be blessed and not entitled. And then finally, see good in all things. Scripture implores us to see good in all things. And we need to be doing that. We need to be people that have that positive attitude. And if you think about this, nothing's going to separate me from the love of God. Nothing that happens in this world, even my death, is not going to separate me from the love of God. If that's the attitude you're going in, then you can meet the world with a positive attitude. You know, sociologists have come up, not this isn't a religious thing, but sociologists came up with a list of things that happen to people who are grateful. And I wanted to share that with you. Uh, People become more grateful every decade of their life. Isn't that interesting? Every decade of a person's life, they become more grateful because they begin to see the bigger picture of what's going on in their life. Grateful people give 20% more of their income to charity. That's why we're preaching this sermon, so you'll be more grateful and give more money to to the church. You know, that's why why we're doing this. Uh, Number three, grateful people uh, have 12% lower blood pressure and 10% fewer illnesses. But that just makes sense. Think about it. If you're a grateful person, I'm grateful for what I have. You feel the stress relief. But if you're saying, oh, you know, I deserve more. I didn't get what I wanted or I'm not. You can feel the blood pressure go up. That's just the, the way that it is. Grateful people have 7% higher incomes. Who wants their income to go up 7%? Be more grateful. It's right here. 
right there. That's an easy thing to do. Um, Grateful people live seven years longer. You're going to be richer and live longer if you're more grateful. And for teenagers, grateful people have 20% better grades and are 10 times less likely to drink and smoke if they are grateful people. So that's just what sociologists tell us about gratitude. Edward Spencer was a young man, 18 years old, went to Northwestern University when uh, the Elgin steamboat began to sink on Lake Michigan. Over 300 people would lose their life in this incident. He saved 17 of the 50 people that were saved himself by diving into the icy waters, swimming out, grabbing them, and pulling them back. His frostbite was so severe afterwards that he was never able to walk again the rest of his life. On his 80th birthday, uh, the paper in Burbank, California, did uh, a little uh, story on him. And they said, what do you remember most about that incident? And this is what he said. I did everything I could to help and kept telling myself, go back out there. No matter how bad it hurts, you've got to save one more person. And what I remember is this. Not one person I saved then or later ever said thank you. Not one person. Why are we so ungrateful? See, grateful people do two things. They not only appreciate when people do things for them, they're much more willing to do things for other people. Uh, Because you appreciate what you have and you want to share that, that same blessing with others. And so you're willing to do that. And so those are the two things I would encourage you to do. Be grateful for what you have. Be willing to help others and share that blessing with them. Probably a lot of you saw this in the paper or on the news this week. It's been all over the, the, the television news here locally and in the Courier-Journal. But uh, the Home of the Innocents was buying turkeys uh, for uh, their Thanksgiving meal uh, this week at Walmart. And the lady who was buying them had, had all these carts filled with turkeys. And she walked by and a, and a guy said, man, you must have a big family to have all those turkeys. And she said, well, it's with the Home of the Innocents. And he said, well, what's the Home of the Innocents? And she said, well, these are for severely abused children uh, that we're trying to, to care for. And so they got up to the cashier. And uh, when they did, the gentleman uh, behind her that she'd been talking to said, I'm paying for all of this. So he paid for everything that they had. Now, that, that was the actor John Voight, who's in town filming a movie. Got a picture of them right there. Uh, that was on WDRB Channel 41. Uh, and afterwards, the Home of the Innocents put out a statement and said this. This is one of the most expensive things we do all year, trying to have a really nice home-cooked Thanksgiving meal. And to have somebody like Mr. Voigt pay for the entire meal was one of the biggest blessings we could have ever had. Knowing two things there. One, to be grateful when somebody does something to you. But more than that, also knowing that you need to be blessing other people. Uh, give them a reason to be thankful. Uh, you know, some of us make people grateful when we leave the room. Some of us make people grateful when we come into the room. You know, be the person that makes people grateful that you've come into the room. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for your love. Unbelievable what you've done for us. The sacrifice of Jesus, the way that you forgive us, no matter how many times we, we seem to be hard-headed and give us that second, third, and hundredth chance. Father, help us to 
be grateful to you and to share that life of gratitude with others. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.